Good afternoon. Such a blessing to be in the house of the Lord one more time, a place that I've never been before. And we certainly thank the Lord. Thank God for each and every one of you. Thank you for Dr. Al for allowing this opportunity and for all of you uh, now tuning in. Let us pray. Father God, we thank you for this day. Thank you for this time, Lord. Thank you for blessing us, O oh God. Lord, we ask, God, that you would continue to touch each and every one of us, God, as we are reflective this week, O oh God, as we consider all that your son, Jesus the Christ, did for us at Calvary's cross. Father, help us to be mindful. Help us to be ever grateful, God. And for that, we will give your name the glory and the praise. In your son, Jesus' name, we do pray. Amen. Amen. My name is Ashley Moore, Jr. I'm the pastor of the Rock Church, and I am honored and delighted to be here with you today and share in what the Lord has for us. Uh, and I will begin. We're going to start at Luke, the 22nd chapter, Luke, the 22nd chapter, and we will read just a few passages of scripture there. We will start at verse number 39. And the word of the Lord reads, Luke 22, verses 39 through 46 is where we will read. He went out and made his way as usual to the Mount of Olives, and the disciples followed him. When he reached the place, he told them, pray that you may not fall into temptation. Then he withdrew from them about a stone's throw, knelt down and began to pray. Father, if you are willing, take this cup away from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Then an angel from heaven appeared to him, strengthening him. Being in anguish, he prayed more fervently, and his sweat became like drops of blood falling to the ground. When he got up from prayer and came to the disciples, he found them sleeping, exhausted from their grief. Why are you sleeping? He asked them. Get up and pray so that you won't fall into temptation. And I'd like to talk for a few moments uh, from the topic in the garden. The gardener knows where his plants will flourish best. Some of them might wish to grow in the sunshine, although like the fern family, they are better in the shade. Some of them would prefer to be on a mossy bank, but the gardener puts them in a sandy soil because he knows that it's better suited to the requirements of their nature. You may depend on it. There never was an earthly father who was so attentive to the needs of his child as your heavenly father is to yours. When you decide as the occupation you think it is best for your son to follow, you may select the career that will prove to be his ruin. But when God plans your future, he takes more care in arranging for you than you do in arranging for your boy. And as he sees the end from the beginning, which you cannot see either for yourself or for your child, he chooses for you with infinite and unerring wisdom. And I think uh, that it's apropos to say that we all will experience our own garden situations. Uh, and I think everyone, just as we have Damascus Road experiences, we also have Garden of Gethsemane experiences. However, it is up to us to respond in kind as our Savior did. The Garden of Gethsemane is the place where Jesus, our sinless Savior, uh, went and prayed to the Father to seek strength for the journey that was ahead of him while suffering deeply. 
Um, just as Jesus had to endure his Gethsemane, it will, uh, if we'll all be honest about it, um, we must endure our own Gethsemane. Um, however, we recognize that we are not Jesus. Can I tell the truth? And the question that begs to be answered now is, how will we respond to our Gethsemane? In every garden, I think, there are several things that we must uh, consider and we must endure while in our Gethsemane. And so um, I want us to look at a few things that Jesus endured while in the Garden of Gethsemane. The first thing that we must endure is the agony of Gethsemane. And so it is that Jesus is now sweating, praying, and tormenting over the assignment that he faces. Has anybody ever uh, agonized over some situations that you have to go through? Have you ever taken the time and has it ever caused you to not eat? Y'all ain't going to say nothing to me, but I, I'll say amen because I've been there before. There are times that it will hinder the way we will move on forward in life. Your emotions can get the best of you. Your, 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 your head begins to hurt. Your stomach may begin to ache. You may not feel like eating. And so you will go on an involuntary fast as a result of the things that you're going to have to endure. And so the one who was to pay the penalty for every sin that would be committed bore the sins of the entire world. The Bible records that his sweat was, as it were, great drops of blood falling to the ground. That's some kind of distress on his mind, his body, and his soul. And so in the garden, everyone has to deal with agonizing decisions of choosing or not to choose. And so the next thing we observe is the struggle. And I've heard this said before from some youngsters. They say the struggle is real. Can anybody just attest that the struggle is certainly real uh, Romans 7 describes Paul's observance of the inner conflict that he endures. Uh, everyone wrestles with something. While many of, of us may at times succumb to the pressure of the struggle, we all nonetheless struggle. Struggle is not respective to socioeconomic status, pedigree, education, or any other distinguishing factor but dividing character. The caveat to struggle is that many don't ever overcome their struggle, and therefore the struggle overtakes them. May I submit to you all that we all need help with our struggles. I know I do. And the word of, the, the word of God declares that we should lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. To wrestle an external person, person is one thing. Uh, like Jacob wrestling the angel of the Lord, that's something that we can probably try to figure out. But there is another person that we have to wrestle. It is our own inner thoughts. It's our own inner opposition that we have to deal with. And it's the greatest opposition that we actually have to face. I know contrary to popular belief, it, the enemy, the devil, he is a great opposition but the Bible says that men, when they are drawn away, they're drawn away of their own lust. It is the temptation that we have to deal with. And so it is that when we struggle, we have these inner struggles that we have to deal with. And so it is because of our own weaknesses, uh, we can know how to respond or we find a way how to answer 
when we don't want to do a certain thing. Has anybody ever tried to debate in your mind or talk to yourself, well, I should do it, but I won't do it. No, I don't need to do it. But if I do it, I can do it this way. And so we wrestle back and forth. Am I right? And so there is a very real and very present struggle. And Jesus himself, he shows us he's completely God and completely human, yet there is a war within him. Matter of fact, It was the flesh of the man that cried out to the divine spirit perfectly embodied with him. When Jesus himself says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. In Matthew 26 and 41, Jesus' humanity cried out under the load of the weight of sin that he was about to bear. Because the struggle is certainly real. Next, we look at the prayer. J.L. Hall records the deity of Jesus did not require him to pray as God. For God does not need to pray to anyone, he says. As a man, Jesus prayed to God, not to his humanity. He did not pray to himself as a man, but he prayed to God while yet being man. He prayed to the same God who indwelled in his humanity and also inhabits the universe. And we see something takes place after the prayer. This is the victory. Max Lucado penned these words. He says, the battle is won. You have thought it was won on Golgotha, because we often will sing the praises of Golgotha. And something great did happen there, but it wasn't at Golgotha's hill. You may have thought the sign of victory is the empty tomb, and it is a sign of victory, but it isn't there. The final battle was won in Gethsemane. When Jesus prayed in the garden, he agonized over the pain and the torture that was to come. However, he was able to see the victory on the other side of suffering. He was able to comprehend the power of overcoming the enemy once and for all as he uttered the words, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. It brings more clarity to the words of this song, saved by his power, by his power divine, saved to new life, to new life sublime. Life now is sweet and my joy is complete for I am saved saved, saved. And we see when we consider all that our Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ had to endure in Gethsemane. If we can tell the truth, when we sign our names on the line and say, for God I live and for God I die, then there are going to be some Gethsemane moments that we will have to endure and we will agonize and we will suffer. We will have a struggle but we can pray. I heard it was MC Hammer who said this. He said, we have to pray just to make it today. Truthfully, may no truer words have ever been spoken, but it's certainly very apropos. We have to pray. And after prayer, there is victory. If our faith is complete, if our faith is sure in God, then the Bible declares that he'd never leave us nor forsake us, and he is faithful to answer us. Because he is a rewarder of those that will diligently seek him. But it requires us to have communication with him. 
There is no victory in God without prayer to God. And we see this very clearly with our Savior, Jesus Christ. We certainly are uh, encouraged when we are living in tumultuous, ambiguous, uh, chaotic times that we live in. When we see what Jesus went through at Gethsemane. And I'm encouraged. And although it seems that the enemy may be gaining and advancing, I'm encouraged the more. Because just when he thought that Jesus had been defeated, when he thought that it was all over, Jesus comes out victorious. And I don't want to get ahead of those who will come on through the rest of the week, but I'm certainly encouraged by this word. The struggle is real. We will agonize. We will go through some things. But I want you to be encouraged by making sure that we do what is necessary by praying to the Father. If Jesus did it, certainly we should do it. It is the least of our responsibility is to make sure that we follow the model that he laid before us. And he shows us tempted at all points, just like all men. Yet he was victorious over the very thing that the enemy thought would take him out. I'm encouraged today and I'm, I'm grateful to, to God. And I don't want to talk long. I've actually gone a little shorter than what I thought I would be. So I don't, I'm not going to belabor the moment. And once you've gotten to where you need to get to, there's no need to keep going and to beat what's already been prepared for us. So I want to encourage you. Listen, I want to encourage everyone out there. Let's make sure that we take the time to seek God's face consistently, daily, as we pray to him, as we give him the honor, and as we celebrate him and his son, Jesus the Christ, this week, let's make sure that we take the time to pray to him. So many people want to talk about the great things of God, but there are fewer people, I believe, that actually spend time talking to God. He wants to hear from you. Matter of fact, he has a lot of things to say to you. And if we'll take the time to pray to him and listen intently, he will speak and he will give us sure, clear, concise answers and directives for our lives. Let us pray. Father God, we are certainly grateful. So thankful to you today for this opportunity to come before your people, O oh God, to encourage all of us, O oh God, in our faith to glean from your word. Father, help us to realize that we all will experience Gethsemane moments, but help us as we agonize, oh God, as we struggle with decisions. Father, help us to be mindful to pray and help us realize that victory is just around the corner. Father, we thank you for what you shall do. We pray, Lord, that you would cause someone's life, someone's heart to be changed and turned towards you that they would surrender themselves and come crying, Lord, I yield, I yield. What must I do to be saved? Father, we give you all the glory and all the praise. In your son Jesus' name, we do pray. Amen. We thank each and every one of you for the time and for tuning in. And we ask that you would be mindful and come back on tomorrow and be encouraged even the more. And on Friday, my prayer is that God be glorified and that you be encouraged. God bless you.